Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. Just a quick note before we get started that this is part of our Blast from the Past series, where we celebrate one of the incredible women in tech from our archive. And if you're a new listener or you're just looking to be inspired, dig into the back catalog. There are literally hundreds of stories to choose from. Enjoy the episode. I remember reading somewhere that abundance is the ability to do what you want to do when you want to do it. And that's what it is. It's like, I don't, abundance for me isn't to have three cars and two houses and, you know, a world trip twice a year. Like that's, I don't, I don't need that. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast. I am still in Christchurch, New Zealand, celebrating the most fantastic women in tech. This city is remarkable. First of all, for those of you who are foodies, it's a must. Like the most amazing food I've ever tasted. There are so many things to do. I went paragliding for the first time yesterday. There are beaches. There are hikes. This city is plentiful. Plus, it is the hub of an airport. So you can totally catch a flight super easy. I mean, there's just not enough I can say about Christchurch and how awesome it is. But today I get to introduce you to Kit, who lives here in Christchurch, who could tell you even more. And... um. She's a woman in tech. Whoop. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Good. Okay, go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about who you are. Okay, uh, my name's Kit. Obviously, I live here in Christchurch. Uh, my background is in web design. I've got a web company, which I've had for the last 20 years. Um, I love tech. I'm a total early adopter. Um, I also now work uh, as a contractor for a company called Ministry of Awesome, working with early stage entrepreneurs, so coaching them with next steps, how to get their businesses going and... Um, yeah, just how to make the city thrive. Awesome. And Kit is such a game player. Um, we were meeting for coffee today. She was so sweet. She was so flexible. And now we are sitting in the rental car um, and doing the interview. So if you do hear, which I don't think you will, but if you hear the passing cars, that you get to experience the atmosphere with us. So we're sitting outside, how do you say it? Fava Coffee? Fava. Fava. Fava Cafe. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's been this place. I mean, I hear that. You guys, as in Kiwis, are proactively trying to make this a foodie city. Do you know about this? Well, I know we're trying to make it an awesome entrepreneurial hotbed of innovation right. and cool stuff. Yeah. So, And there's a lot of creative people here, creative people, yeah. creative food, yeah. that's a guess. Totally. But yeah, well, yeah, we're foodies for sure. There is a lot of creative food and creativity. Like, I was really moved by the dynamics of Ministry of Awesome. I remember when I was walking outside before I knew it was the Ministry of Awesome, I'm like, oh, that place looks dope. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. that's where I'm going tomorrow. And then the exchange was so cool. Yeah. Um, I we, We've been to Epic Innovation. Wicked, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just been... 
one place after another. I even got to experience places like Littleton and Wonder Bar, which Littleton is this cool. town right outside. Awesome. How do you? It's a town within Christchurch. How do you say it geographically? Um, no, it's really a suburb. It's but a it, suburb it's of like Christchurch. Its own yeah, yeah. Bohemian groovy little area. Yeah. yeah, it's just a suburb. It's. I've just. just I've really, really enjoyed being in Christchurch. So okay, let's get into your background in technology. Who are you in the tech world? And then let's go back to when you first discovered the world of tech. Sure. So, I mean, yeah, I call myself a creative director. I've got a web design company. Um, I love technology. I set it up when I was about 21. Um, and, yeah, right, the sort of beginnings of the internet, I remember when it first started up, my dad was really involved in, um, in sort of helping to bring the internet to, um, to New Zealand. So, yeah, I think we were probably one of the first households that had wait, wait, the wait, internet. Wait. Your dad was involved in bringing the internet to yeah, New Zealand? What does that a, even mean? Just in a small way. Yeah, I think he was setting He's up. He's Al Gore. No, just setting, okay. <laughs> you know, just setting up um, what was then telecom with what then became email. Yeah. And, you know, I remember him calling me into his office and saying, hey, look at this. I can send this message and it goes over here. And wow. And then when the, the internet first came about, I remember that. And so, yeah, it was epic and I wasn't really involved from the start. So I think I was just answering phones for him and I had this software called Front Page 95 yeah. um, on my computer and I started teaching myself how to make websites and loved so it. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So cool. And I've been into design forever, so it was just sort of an obvious step. So now, yeah. now, did your dad have a home office or that was yeah. an outside? Well, both. Because my dad had a home office yeah. and that is how I discovered computers as well. Oh, cool. Yeah. And my parents used to say that there were office police that would, <laughs> that would arrest um, daddies if their little girls <laughs> were in the office no and there's so much like clicking away on the computer That's hilarious I'll never hear office police office police yeah <laughs> um, okay and so then how did you you yourself taught and you said that that was before you were 21 you created your first company at 21 but how old were you when you started teaching yourself um, how to design Probably around 18. 18. Yeah. yeah I, 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 so I was self-taught. I started making websites for friends, and then I thought I'd better get a piece of paper that says I can really do this. And websites weren't super mainstream then, right? No. It was kind no, of like just a gimmick or nice to yeah, have. Yeah, it was or... like, oh, you could have a website. It's yeah. Like, oh, what do I really need that for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 People would say. So, yeah, it was totally different but hilarious. So, it, yeah, then I did yeah. a course because I thought I'd better oh, cool. get a piece of paper and – um. Then, yeah, I met my girlfriend on this course and we both took off to London where I um, started working as a real grown-up web designer and no that's where way. I got heaps of experience. And when you were 21. Yeah. And um, how how did you teach yourself web design? It seems very daunting. Oh, the same way that you would teach yourself any sort of software program, yeah. really, or any, like, new, you know, when you get first get an iPhone, you're like, how does this work? Do I push this button? Whoops. No. Yeah, yeah. Or do I push this one? Oh, I see. Yeah. So, yeah, just, just trial and error. Yeah. You know, just making things and how does that work? I mean, these days as well, anything, you can just put it into YouTube and say, how do I? Totally. And there'll be a video. That didn't exist back then. But you, yeah. That's how I learned HTML, with yeah. MySpace, wanting to make my profile page cool. cool. Yeah. <laughs> you really want to, you know, yeah. when you're really driven to like, oh, I really want to make it pretty and I don't want those dots, I want it to be squares instead. Yeah, yeah. Then you just, you know, flick around and you figure it out. Totally. Yeah. This is so cool. Okay, and then how do you par- how do you parlay playing in your father's office and at your dad's work, bringing the internet to New Zealand, moving to London, starting your own business at 21, like... Crazy. How did you do that? What was the first step? And did you think to yourself, 
I want to have my own business. I want to be an entrepreneur. Or did it kind of fall in your lap? How did that work? I never consciously thought that, but I knew when I was at school, like this whole having to be at school at 8.30 and having to stay there until three, which is how we did it in, yeah. in New Zealand anyway. Um, like this doesn't work for me. Like I want to make my own hours. Like there's yeah. got to be a better way. I always yeah. knew that, but I never, I never had the thought. I didn't even know what the word entrepreneur meant. Yeah. Um, and I think also because I made websites, it was so easy to make a website and be like, oh, now I've kind of got a business. It's official because right. here's my website. Yeah. So, yeah, I was in London and I wanted to set up a website in New Zealand and start getting clients um, in New Zealand making websites. So, yeah. So I did. And then when I came back three years later, um, it's like suddenly this is what I do. I, I'm, I'm a business owner. But did you get clients in London as well? A few, but it was mostly in New Zealand. It was mostly. And they were mostly out of New Zealand or you started it three years later? Um, no, it was, yeah, no, I actually started it when I was in London. Okay. Because I actually had another job as a web designer. I okay. wasn't probably officially supposed to be having other clients outside right, of right. that job. Um, so yeah, so that's why it was my kind of, um, sneaky way of, of getting a little bit of work back in New Zealand, knowing that I was coming back to New Zealand. So let's start the ball rolling yeah. now. And then when I get back, I'll just be able to cruise into totally. it. Totally. Yeah. And what was the difference between working for another company and having your own company? What are the pros and cons of both? Yeah, that's interesting because I've, I've, I've just recently stopped being an employee um, after many years of, of working for myself. There's definitely pros and cons either way. Um, I mean, you, to be clear, you've bounced back from working yourself, being an employee, working for yourself, being an employee. Yeah. 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 Well, I just recently dipped my toe back into being an employee yeah. for about a year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd say the, the, the great thing about working for yourself is obviously that you can make your own hours. Right. And that means sometimes that... Yeah, you're going to work, you know, 20 hours one day. <laughs> we were talking about this. That's right, because, you know, you've got to get it done. But you're, you've got this intrinsic motivation as yeah. well. Um, and then it also means sometimes you'll wake up and be like, wow, it's so sunny, I'm going to go to the beach today. Yeah. Because I can. Yeah. Because I make my own hours. It, <laughs> yeah. Okay, that is completely true. Yeah. yeah. And somebody said something really interesting to me, and I, I haven't talked to her, but I'm really curious about this statement. Um, she left a company that she'd worked with for a really long time mm -hmm. and it seemed like she was a, a super key player in the company. So I don't know what they're going to do without her. This is all recent. And I was surprised that she left and I said, Hey, are you okay? And she's like, I got tired of building someone else's dream. Mm -hmm. Now I wonder though, is it that she got, because it's very hard to be an entrepreneur, sure. right? So I wonder though, did she get tired of building someone else's dream or were they not good leaders mm. and did she not feel appreciated that's right inspiring your staff and yeah. keeping to keep reminding them what the purpose of the yeah. business is and yeah. why you get up in the morning right it's so essential yeah that's right you're, it could be leadership absolutely because you're even saying that that when you have your own company you have the self drive mm -hmm. but it's not an necessarily an easier life absolutely not there's pros and cons either way, yeah. as we've said. Yeah. And and yeah, I mean, f for example, the the job that I was recently employed in, there were certain targets and things that I just had to meet. Yeah. And that meant that I would sometimes push myself in a way that I might not otherwise. Right. There were new things that I had to do in that job, for example, like teaching workshops that I yeah. hadn't done before. Yeah. And I could have waited two years if I was just trying to motivate myself. Yeah. Getting the courage to get them to do it, but it's yeah. like, hey, tickets are being sold, people are showing up, you've got to do it. Yeah, and so there's something about that as well that was quite, um, yeah, motivating. Yeah, there's other other really great things about being an employee aside from the collaboration and the the teamwork, which I love. Right. Um, and then there's you know perks of having an a, a, um, established wage that is coming in on a regular basis. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> like 
Huge perk. Yeah. Huge perk. I think people uh, under undervalue their salaries. Like, they don't understand how amazing having a salary is. There's the other side of it, though. Like, when you're working for yourself, you could make double. You month. can, and, and then you sometimes you make nothing. Yeah, that's right. Sometimes you make nothing. But, I know, when I was an employee, I was a bit like, oh, it's always going to be the same. I can never oh, have a real windfall of a yeah. month. And be like, whoa, I totally iced it this month. It's like, oh, yeah, same again. Oh, well, oh, it's reliable, but... It, a little bit boring, you know? <laughs> oh, see, that's interesting, too. Now, my family has always told me that they think I've done myself a disservice by not... I've been I've been a waitress. I've been um, a, a yacht stewardess. I've been all these kind of... I've been a dishwasher, all these kinds of jobs. But they've always said that I've done myself a disservice by not essentially being a, a, in a, in an employee of a, a corporate job and learning from that. Now, you've had the experience. Do you feel... Having the experience of being a proper employee has made you a, a more effective entrepreneur? Yes. Because, I mean, and I'll take this back to when I was working for my dad, answering phones, reconciling the bank statement, sending out invoices, all that stuff that I thought was so boring at the time, when I had my own business, was actually really essential. Like, I knew the basics of mm-hmm. running a business. I know how to, you know, um, set up a bank account and register a company and... Um, yeah, reconcile the bank statement yeah, and, yeah. And, and call clients and say, hey, you haven't paid, yeah. this is what's going to happen now. Yeah. Yeah, otherwise I would have been, yeah, 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 figuring that all out for the first time or having to read a book totally. about it. So, yeah, there's absolutely um, great skills always. I, mean, I would say every job, every experience I've had has led me to now and I don't regret any of it. Have you managed a team? Not really. So you've l- always been independent. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've always been independent. I've had a lot of contractors um, and I guess, yeah, you could call them a team, but it's not, not full-time. But no, but that's worked. still managing contractors. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've done plenty of that. Yeah. Uh, um, what, do you, what do you think – okay, there's different types of being an entrepreneur. There's um, – the, and there's different sets of responsibilities that go with it depending on how far you want to grow. Um, why do you choose – I still think managing contractors is managing a team. Sure. But why do you choose to essentially be an independent versus being a huge agency, let's say? That's absolutely 100% lifestyle. I don't want the stress and the responsibility of having to do performance reviews and, you know, worry about getting enough money to look after other people. Like, I want to just chill. I mean, I worked my ass off for a few years and then I was like, whoa, there's a better way. And yeah. so it's actually just because I want to relax and go to the beach when I want to and not be like, oh, hang on, I've got staff that are needing me there. Yeah. For, um, yeah, I just choose to have an easier life. Even though, I'm not trying to say I don't work really, really hard sometimes. No. But I just didn't want yeah. the responsibility yeah. of having all of that. And I, yeah, I've never had that dream for myself. Yeah, that I want to have a huge, big, multinational business. Yeah. No. The reason why I bring this up is because I think it's a really important thing to consider that it took me a while to understand that there is a choice. Mm-hmm. You, I think when we first become, at least in the States, when you first become an entrepreneur or embark into that world, um, it has a kind of um, storyline that goes with it. You get In America, you get a really fancy law firm that's going to connect you to venture capitalists and you're supposed to become the next Google. Like that is what it means to be an entrepreneur. And it took me a while to realize, no, there are many types of entrepreneurs and what life do I want to live? It's not what the perception is and now it's not what will make me look good. Like what, how do I feel personally nourished and what does that life look like and how do I build a company to match? 100%. 
Yeah, I remember reading somewhere that abundance is the ability to do what you want to do when you want to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's, I love that. And that's what it is. It's like I don't abundance for me isn't to have three cars and two houses and you know a world trip twice a year. Like that's I don't I don't need that. So yeah. I've I I'll work enough to have what I what I want and to have a comfortable happy lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and you know happiness for me is is quality time spent with friends and yeah. family and good food and totally you know, yoga and yeah totally. So I don't I don't want to work my ass off for for money that's going to sit in the bank account or totally just be invested into yeah or to just look good. Oh psh, no, but but it's it is a thing in the entrepreneurial world. Sure, to look good. Yeah, even though you don't feel good. Yeah, which to me is I want to be part of of the awakening that we have a choice. Because it's just, um, there's so many people that are entrepreneurs that feel in the tech industry that feel so just sad. They don't feel fulfilled and they have to consistently keep up this image game. And it's just, ah, like just stop. It's okay. You don't have to. That's right. (laughs) You can still be an entrepreneur. You don't have to be Google. (laughs) Yeah. That is, it's defining like what is success for you. Yeah. You know, what does success look like? And And it can be different for everyone. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so I want to make a million dollars. And why? Yeah. For what purpose? Yeah. And what will you then have if you have a million dollars? Oh, well, then I'll be happy and then I'll have all the things yeah. that I want. And it's like, yeah, but, but what are these things? Yeah. Like, do you really need to have yeah. a million dollars to get these things? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. It's, it's so interesting. It's really worth, you know, having a, a little review once a year and figuring out where am I actually heading here? Like, yeah. what do I really want? Yeah. And it's it's easy to fall into that trap of I'll be happy when, yeah. you know, because that, that day never arrives. Totally. You know, you get to that point where you realize, oh, Two years ago, I wanted to be where I am now, and I didn't even stop and celebrate and say, hey, wow, I've arrived. Yeah. Yeah, I got yeah. that. But I did get that client. Yeah. I did reach that milestone. Totally. Yeah, those celebrations are so essential. And I definitely believe in, have you ever heard of the book Letting Go? Mm-hmm. It's really cool. It kind of has like a Buddhism mm-hmm. vibe, but it's not hokey or religious or anything. But it talks about, and I, I'm sure you've heard this concept before, We need, we have the ability to be happy right now. But it feels unattainable sometimes. But if we at least do the first step of becoming aware that that's a possibility, yeah. well, then what do we should, no matter our income, no matter our status, no matter whatever, what do we need to do to be happy in this moment? Because, because if we're waiting till we have the bank account to be happy, we'll get there and still not be happy if we haven't addressed it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And now is the, actually the only moment where we could be happy. Yeah. Because that was the only thing that exists. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So before we wrap up, I'd love to kind of touch base on you with the contractors. How do you effectively manage a remote team? How do you work with contractors? What kind of contractors do you work with? How do you find them? What's that look like? How do you trust them from afar? Yeah. Or are they sitting next to you at times? Good question. So when it's important that somebody is, um, that I can sit down in the same room as them, obviously I'll find them locally and that's generally through word of mouth, a friend of a friend. Um, But most of my contractors are all over the world. So I've got people in Egypt and Slovenia and the Philippines and yeah, yeah, like we're we're everywhere. Um, And I find them through Upwork and I look at their Love Upwork. Upwork Upwork.com. Yeah, Yeah, I've used it as well. It's amazing. And... um, yeah, I mean, I trust them by slowly by giving them a small job, seeing how they go. Um, I've definitely learned some things over the years about contractors. I used to be. It's weird. I consider myself quite a quite a, a kind person in yeah. person, but I yeah. used to be a little bit more grumpy when I was just 
behind a screen. Right. Like, this isn't good enough, do this, da, da, da. Yeah. And, um, and I realized that that was really um, an, an awful way to be. And I couldn't understand, like, oh, why am I so sort of grouchy when yeah. I'm not actually looking at somebody or talking to them and it's just yeah. on email. Um, so, yeah, I found it's really important to to value them and to make sure that their work is appreciated and to yeah. give them a lot of really great feedback from the start. So, yeah. hey, thank you. Thanks so much. I really, you know, I value your time. You've done a great job and well done and I'd like to work with you again. Um yeah, I think that that's really important. And when I've been a contractor, that's been important to me. It's like, oh, did, did they like what I did? Yeah. Like, I don't even know if I'm doing a good yeah. job. Um, yeah, and it's sometimes you've got to weed through a few to, to find the good ones oh, as well. Oh, 100%. Yeah, so you've I, got to be patient with that. I've used Upwork, um, Fiverr. Do you know Fiverr? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I view all contractors who work with me as a part of my team yeah. and I make sure to value appreciate but a lot of people don't understand these sites can you talk about Upwork a little bit more um, what is Upwork and what types of talent have you hired off of Upwork and, and why Upwork um, sure. because I just know there's such a disconnect for so many listening on um, what this resource is got you well I think it used to be Elance yeah um, and it then rebranded as Upwork so it's a place where um, anyone with skills that gosh just goes from anyth- anything it's um, it's design, it's coding, it's audio, it's video, it's illustration. They're the things that I've used. But, oh, no, that's not true. Then there's social media, there's copywriting, and probably a million other things that I right. haven't even looked into. Um, so you can go on there and put, write up the job that you want. I need someone to do some copywriting for a website. It's about 10 pages, um, and it's going to be kind of contemporary style, for right. example. Um, you can say you're particularly wanting somebody – um, in India or in Australia or in the States or it really doesn't yeah. matter. You can say whether they want you want them to be kind of low, medium or high um, quality. Yeah. You can put the price range in and then you post the job and all these people from around the world So many on Upwork. Pitch, pitch <laughs> yeah. the job and send you their cover letters and their CVs and their portfolios and you can go through and talk to them and then you hire someone. And Upwork's great because it, it uses an escrow system so that you upload the money and once the job has been successfully completed, you release the money and they, they yeah. get it. So it's a really fair and trusted yeah. way of, of um, having a kind of yeah. contract. And I want to reiterate, um, the testing part of the process is highly important. Um, I test as well, give it a test project, see how it goes, see how you work together, see that you like what's delivered, and then do the kind of real hiring from there. So the test project would maybe be... Um, just a project and then maybe after that you'd pay someone per month or whatever or however you set it up you could set it up in multiple ways absolutely and something that I've started doing recently as well is I'll have a Skype with the person at the beginning oh interesting and just so I can see their eyes I think you can tell so much about somebody from the way that they smile and what their eyes look like so to say hey you know how are you and you know where do you live and what do you have a family and I'll just ask them a few personal questions just to make that personal connection rather than it being like this is all business yeah 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 yeah. Um, and from there, if it's a good vibe, I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, let's, let's yeah. give this a go. Totally. Yeah. I've had such good luck. I work with amazing people from Serbia because of these resources. It's, yeah, I've like, got an amazing team as well. It's so I can't cool. wait to travel to Serbia now. I'm right. like, I want to see you in person. Right. Yeah. It's so cool. I hired someone um, incredible uh, who ended up moving to LA to do the podcast overviews over uh, Upwork. Brilliant. And she's great. And she's like the job. I, I was her the first person that hired her on Upwork. Cool. And because of the work that we did together, she was able to get other clients. And now she's actually working in the tech industry. That's brilliant. <laughs> It's so crazy. I love those stories. Yeah, yeah that's so cool. Um, thank you so much for spending your time uh, with the Women in Tech you. podcast and awesome. making this happen. It's it's just 
So serendipitous. This is wicked. Yeah. Super cool. Thank you. Anything that you wanted to say before we, we close up? Have an yeah. awesome rest of your time in New Zealand. <laughs> it's been a pleasure having you in our country. And how can people get in touch with you? Um, they can email me, kit at kithinden.com. Can you spell it for them? K-I-T at K-I-T-H-I-N-D-I-N.com. Perfect. Thank you so much, Kit. You guys be sure to say hello on the Women in Tech show channels, Women in Tech uh, show on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Traveling New Zealand, featuring and celebrating amazing women in tech all across the North Island and South Island, I came across James with Werewolf, and man, was he helpful in connecting me to the women in tech community in order to enable me to empower these incredible women to move forward. So just passionate about women in tech. My name is James Burns. I'm Chief Marketing Officer at Werewolf, the app for venture tourism operators. I've had the pleasure of working for a lot of really smart women and uh, both in tech and outside of tech. And it's just generally been my experience over the last 20 years that there's not nearly enough women's voices in leadership roles in in tech companies. And so I just think it's important that we have that sort of voice. Uh, Myself, I have two young daughters who today are four and six. And I wanna make sure that when they get to an age where they're ready to start their first company, that they have all the opportunity and support that they need. Werewolf makes it easy for adventure tourism operators, everything from skydiving companies and bungee operators to jet boating and rafting companies to go paperless, to handle the guests from arrival all the way through departure, um, check them in through a really beautiful custom-branded iPad app, ask them a lot of key questions, take that data, build a customer marketing database. Werewolf was recognized by Deloitte in their Fast 50 awards for this year as the rising star one to watch. And as we move to the United States, it's really important that we continue to capitalize on the kind of growth that we've experienced over the last three years. And we're doubling, tripling the size of the company annually. Queenstown is the adventure capital of the world. Right, we have 150 plus adventure tourism operators just within a 10 minute drive of where we're sitting right now. Any activity you can think of that you'd want to do, you can do it. Bungee jumping was invented here. Jet boating was invented here. I mean, there's so much that happens here. There's so much innovation around the adventure topic that we're really primed well to leverage that. And that's no better place for us to be based. Be sure to explore more about Werewolf at getwerewolf.com. That's G-E-T-W-H-E-R-E-W-O-L-F.com. The Women in Tech podcast is an independent production funded by you, the community. To support Women in Tech, if you believe in the vision as much as we do, please consider going to womenintechpodcast.com. That's womenintechpodcast.com and just click on the contribution link to keep this podcast going. Thank you. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.